So, Larry, are you not patriotic today now? What's the deal here? You know, I thought about that. I thought about it, but it didn't go with this jacket. So. Oh, okay, okay. Natalia, I feel like Oscar, Felix and Oscar, what was that, the odd couple? You're always dressed to the nines, and then there's me. <laughs> okay. All right, so, Larry, I'm watching an NBA game the other night. It was the Bulls and the Knicks. And they, I forgot, the NBA reverses calls. They have appeals on to reverse a call. And there was a bad call made. They reversed it, and it helped get that game to overtime. And now I'm thinking hockey reverses calls that are wrong. And now I'm reading the NFL is considering, you know, re-looking at or maybe doing some replay on quarterback hits. So my movement has already started to start reversing these wrong calls on the football field, even though you aren't agreeable to that yet. What do, you, what do you think it's going to take to get you to agree? Maybe we should review bad calls. Well, I, I totally agree, honestly, with, with bad calls. Um, and I think that the, the challenge for referees is getting heavier and heavier because the athletes are getting so, they're getting stronger, faster. You know, it, it's, a, it's a competitive game right now for a referee. We, 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 just, we just need to be able to review the calls. That'll help the referees. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. But I think I think a lot of it comes from the the speed of all the games. You know, all of the young men they're bigger, faster now, and right. and I think and I think that puts a lot of pressure on the the referees. Why don't we just get bigger? Why don't we just get bigger, faster referees? <laughs> well, well, because the referee can't get inside. You know what what the guy's doing. The referee is outside looking inside. So. You know, if if I if I hit you with my head, put my hand on there and hold you down, <laughs> you know that's a, that's an interesting thing. We just need replays to help them with those calls, and I want your Facebook friends to keep telling you that I'm right. <laughs> now we'll see how they're doing. All right, 17 games in the NFL over 18 weeks. We're rapidly coming to the end of another season. I can't believe how quickly these seasons roll by. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, it it, it it's you know, I talked. My wife said, uh, "Listen, where where are the football games? Are we going to any football games?" I said, "I don't know. The season is almost over." <laughs> well, that's right. It, it, well, you know, uh, uh, we go to them on TV. You, you know, it's really funny that you mentioned that. You really have to be a diehard fan or a once a year fan to go to a stadium. Hundred thousand people, all that traffic, all the expense. And, you know, I buy the direct TV. I watch every game, you know, I'm sitting there flipping through channels. It's just so easy to watch them on TV with all the replays and everything, you know, yeah. compared to going. I think at some point, you know, it's going to be all, uh, it's all going to be pay-per-view TV, I think, for football games. That's just my uh, in-the-future opinion, you know. Uh, well, well, at least that, that'll uh, that'll lessen the traffic over in my area. Every well, time there's... It Anytime there's anything at the, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, right, it's packed. Being okay. high school, yeah, I know, you know, and that and that's what I'm saying. So, you know, if it all goes to pay per view, they still have to have fans in the stands, though. I mean, uh, when you were playing, can you imagine, like, when they went through COVID, can you imagine playing in that huge stadium with nobody there? It, it'd be impossible. Yeah. yeah, you know, you guys feed off of the crowd; your adrenaline gets flowing from them. That's a good point. All right. Now I'm going to, you know, now that we're at towards the end of the season, I'm going to want uh, uh, 
I'll go over some teams with you, and I'm going to want you to give me uh, what you think what's going to happen, who's going to make it to the NFC and the AFC championship games. And I don't want you to talk to me about injuries. We're going to pretend everything's equal and everybody's healthy. I no, know. But, but we're not going to talk about football. Football is football. I know, but I is got a, I know, but I to get a pick out of you. No, but football is an aggressive <laughs> environment, and injuries plays a major part in where a team ends up. Oh, absolutely. But we have to pretend to do these picks that everybody's going to be playing. Look, I know if Patrick Mahomes goes down, Kansas City's chances are going to dwindle tremendously. That's right. So for today's discussion, we're going to pretend that Mahomes and, and all the uh, uh, Allen and all the quarterbacks are going to be there. So let me let me throw some teams at you. In the AFC uh, East, we've got Buffalo and Miami. You know, still Miami still has a chance at that top spot. I don't think New England's going to make it. In the North, we've got the Ravens and the Bengals are are tied right now. And then in the uh, South, we got the Titans. Uh, I had a couple of games over in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is making that team play all of a sudden. And then, of course, in the West, you got Kansas City and the L.A. Chargers behind them. Now, a couple of these teams that aren't in first are going to make the playoffs. But I would say out of Baltimore and Cincinnati and Tennessee and Kansas City and uh, Buffalo, maybe Miami, who do you think is going to make it to the uh, title game for the AFC? Uh, and I'll let you change your mind next week if they get injured. Well, I was about to say, you know, you the uh, you don't like that injury and inclusion, but at the end of the day, um, those teams that you've named, a lot of the teams that are operating very well as teams. Right. I like Kansas City. Right. So, as long as Mahomes doesn't get hurt. Exactly. I like Kansas City, um, and uh, I, I like Buffalo. Yeah, well, Larry, you and I both picked them at the beginning of the uh, season, and I'm still going with it. And we could change our minding if there's major injuries. But right now, today, Kansas City and Buffalo are the uh, are the AFC contenders for the title. Well, what, what, one thing I think that's this important, too, is that I think that, and, and I know you're going to say you talk about these quarterbacks all the time, but they're such an important part of the of the coordination of the team. And right. both of those young quarterbacks are doing a fantastic job, Josh and and Patrick. And, oh, and uh -huh. no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, they're, they're doing a fantastic job. If you watch, I'm watching more of the sidelines when when they go to the side, who they're talking to, and you know who they're interacting with, and I'm noticing that 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 these these young quarterbacks are including, they're making a team. They know that they're operating within the offensive environment, but when they get on that sideline, they 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 support the defensive guys that's getting them the ball back. Right. So I like that kind of unification. You know? Well, you know, you know what you really do, um, and, and I try to make you not do it, but it, it is correct. You 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 actually think through the science of the game. See, like I, I know when I used to play baseball, when I was pitching, every pitch third baseman would move his position, the center fielder would move a position based on what pitch I'm going to throw. You know, uh, so there's a science to the game that that the folks at home don't, don't see. You know, you know, you see a double down the third base line, that's because the third baseman is playing off the line, you know, because the odds are a guy hits it more into the middle of the field for a single, you know, but they protect the lines late in the game when they can't let the other team get that double. 
so they take the chance. You know, I mean, so there's a lot of science to the game and in football, too. And I'm trying to make you a fan. Who's going to win the darn game? You, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, just tell me who's going to win. And, and but, but you're right. You know, you have to think of all these things. And, you know, you watch Brady, you watch all the, the quarterbacks go to the sideline and talk to the defense and talk to their offensive linemen. And it's everybody's trying to pump everybody up and, and, uh, uh, and do that. All right. So we got AFC in Buffalo uh, right now, and we, 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 we reserve the right to change our minds if we have to. <laughs> All right. And now, now, you know, the one sleeper team that, that I got to mention is, uh, is the Bengals. You know, you can't just write them off. That team, you know, last year, too, is the same thing. They get down 21 points, and it's no sweat. They got a quarter left, and they would win the game. You know, That's Burroughs, isn't it? Yeah, that's Burroughs. And, uh, yeah. You know, I think he is the one the one team that could upset the apple card here. Yeah. You know, well, you, you, you're analyzing very, very well. So. <laughs> I'm a fan. No, I'm not doing the science of the game. I'm a fan. All right. The National Football Conference. We've got uh, Philadelphia two games ahead of Dallas. We got Minnesota um, still way ahead of Detroit, but the, uh, the Lions uh, are finally playing winning the football games instead of being close. They're looking really good. Then you got Tampa Bay being chased by Carolina. They're a game. <laughs> Carolina, none of us thought that was going to happen. And then, of course, uh, San Francisco. I guess it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. That defense is really carrying the team, and their offense is playing well with, with the uh, the young kid now. And uh, uh, but you would think that if San Francisco at the beginning of the year, if you would have said you're going to be using your third-string quarterback to take you into the playoffs, they would have said, what playoffs? So we, I think the top contenders are definitely San Francisco, uh, Minnesota, um, uh, Philadelphia, uh, and, you know, uh, the Cowboys could sneak in. You know, they'll make the playoffs, but who do you think is going to, you know, be battling it out in the NFC title game. Well, uh, you know, I, I think the NFC East, honestly, is one of the strongest. Let's <laughs> go say something about this, but I think they're one of the strongest divisions right now. Philadelphia, New York, you know, all of them. Yeah. 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 The commanders. But you, you know what, though? I, I don't know if the commanders or the Giants are going to be able to make the playoffs. I, I, I forget how many teams get. Well, no, they they actually they actually still have a chance, yeah, uh, to to grab a spot in the playoffs. Obviously, the Cowboys are are going to definitely get the wild card if they don't catch Philadelphia, yeah. uh, one of the wild cards. But I don't know who else would would quite get it. But right now, who who do you think is going to make it to the title game? You know, I'm going with San Francisco and with Philadelphia. You know, that that's who I think we talked about early in the year. Who are you going to go with? Well, you're going to pick Dallas. I'm going to, I'm going to have a vote. Honestly, honestly, uh, of all of the teams and in, in, in who I had the opportunity of picking, I want to pick who you pick. <laughs> well, you know, and, and the big, go ahead. Uh, well, I want to pick who you pick because I can't predict injuries. And I know you're going to say something about injuries. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now tragically, you're going to be rooting for an injury just to say, see, I told you. <laughs> I keep I keep saying we could change our opinion as soon as there, the, an injury happens, and and you know hopefully obviously we don't want anybody to get seriously hurt. 
But Larry, let me tell you something. You know this better than anybody. At this time of the year, everybody's playing hurt. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. there's nobody that's feeling good right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know, and, and that's what teams have to do and think about is how do you, once you clinch a title, you know, uh, in your division, how do you play your players? You know, you don't like benching guys because they need to be the reps, you know, and need to be playing, but you got to be careful. You you know, you got to give them some rest and everything. All right. Well, so the, I think the, I, Well, I think the NFC East, though, is is one of the stronger divisions, especially going into the winter. Yeah. Because going into the winter, you're not going to have a lot of passing. It's going to be about running. It's going to be about offensive line, defensive line, and it's going to be more about the running game. And that's why I believe that the NFC East is, is going to adapt quicker because they live and operate every day in that weather. Well, that's why, that's why you got to go with Philadelphia too, because Hertz, you know, next to Justin Fields is probably the best running quarterback. Well, you know, Mahomes might be in there too, but you know, Fields is uh, also having uh, a pretty good year running, you know, as well as throwing. So, you know, it'll be interesting. The big surprise, of course, is Tampa Bay. How how far that team has kind of collapsed. You know, they're still still probably going to win their division, but uh, you know, they might they might win it not even at five hundred. Yeah, you know that that that'll be the interesting take on it. I'm trying to think of uh, uh, a sleeper team here. I don't think Green Bay is going to uh, be able to, to even make the playoffs. Um, you know, a sleeper team could be Washington. I'll tell you what, they they're tough. Rivera Rivera's done a great job, I think, coaching that team. You know, partly because you know a uh, former Chicago Bears Super Bowl champ. <laughs> All right. Well, it, it's hard to predict, you know, the NFL, especially in the winter. All right, since I got you predicting, there can't be an injury report here. Will Kevin McCarthy make it and be the GOP um, Speaker of the House? <laughs> yes or no? Uh, well, you know, so, uh, NFL doesn't talk a lot about politics. However, <laughs> I think he's probably going to make me here. All right, um, so we'll see if he makes it. Uh, what do you think? I'm not so sure. I, I mean, I, I you know I know I need should give a uh, prediction. I'm not so sure. I'm going to say no. You know, it'll just be more fun if it's enough. You know, if he doesn't get there, you know, more more fighting. But anyway, I thought it was really nice of the former GOP speaker John Boehner uh, to come there and celebrate Nancy Pelosi. I think that was uh, that was pretty cool on his part. And you gotta love this guy. He, he he cried at that ceremony, and it made me remember, you know, how he cried all the time when he was speaker of the house. You know, uh, um, I, you know, you gotta love him. You know, uh, uh, I was asking Scott and Zeke yesterday. I was talking to him. You know, you guys, can you remember when John Boehner was speaker and would cry? And they go, Yeah, yeah, we kind of we kind of remember those kind of things. All right, um, prediction, Larry, who's gonna be the GOP? And the Democratic nominee for president of the United States. Ooh, wow! Uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you asked me that question on this one, and then I'll make sure I have a great answer for the next one. But I, I, um, I've not thought about that, Scott, honestly. And now that I'm thinking about it, um, can't come up with anyone right now. You know, you know, the funny thing is. It, 
it's either gonna, it's either going to be Trump or DeSantis, in my opinion, for the Republicans, and it's all oh, on the Republican side. Yeah, yeah, and it's it'll be interesting to see if um, uh, if Trump will just blow him away again, or if DeSantis is going to be be able to withhold his attacks. And on the Democratic side, I don't believe Joe Biden is going to run. I think he has to say he's going to run. Because if he says, I'm not going to run, he'll be called a lame duck president, period, right now. Yeah, that, that's right. my personal opinion. But I have no idea who could run because I don't know who that charismatic person is on either side, really. I guess DeSantis, they would say, on the GOP side. But he's just going to be in a war with Trump. So I don't know if there's that. You know, Bill Clinton was the sleeper years ago that nobody had heard about that became, you know, uh, uh, the darling and won the presidency. So I don't know if there's a sleeper on either side. I haven't looked at the injury report. Well, I believe, and, and this is interesting, I'm glad you brought it up, actually, because I believe that we might have a woman. Well, the, well, there's no doubt that, you know, uh, uh, women will be running. We may have uh, 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 Liz Cheney running, you know, and I don't know if she would run as a Republican or an independent. Right. Because I don't know if she could make the battle in the Republican Party. All right, final prediction in our uh, in our country here. <laughs> Will there be a politician indicted for the January 6th coup attempt? I know there's a lot of guys in jail that were part of that insurrection, uh, but with all these tweets and everything coming out showing what politicians were saying and whatnot, will a politician be indicted? I think uh, I think a politician will be indicted. I don't think a politician will be jailed or have any issues, but I think they'll be included, you know, in the, in the conversation. In the indictment. Yeah. All right. Indictment. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's going to be interesting to see, you know, uh, uh, so stay tuned. So we got injury reports. That's going to reflect our uh, predictions and we got all kinds of stuff reflecting our predictions in the uh, political arena. All right. Well, Zeke is traveling and out of town again today. Zeke's actually coming uh, by me here in Dallas. Uh, okay. Um, uh, but Scott is still holding his own, and uh, he's going to take over on trivia by himself. Scott, come on. Oh, what's that? <laughs> yeah, come on, Scott. Where are you? Scott's producing today by himself. He's holding down the fort. You know, I was teasing him. Maybe he, he got a haircut. He looks so good. You know, he's he's on Team Larry today, being perfect. You know. Uh, <laughs> all right, Scott. I'm going to give you a hint before yeah, you you know before you have to answer. All right, perfect. The NBA, 50 points and 10 rebounds is really hard to do. So the question will be, and, but just wait a second, who has done it the most time? I'm going to give you a hint. James Harden, Michael Jordan, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar each did it eight times. Elgin Baylor, the great L.A. Laker, did it 16 times. Blue Jordan, you know, out of and Kareem Abdul, the scoring leader currently right now, out of the water. Who was number one? Who did it the most? They, uh, Elgin Baylor at number two with 16 times. Jordan and the other two guys, eight times each. Who did it number one? Most 50 game uh, point games with 10 rebounds in the game. I'm gonna go with uh, Wilt Chamberlain. I knew, I knew, uh, as a sports fan, you would get that. Wilt is the most overlooked guy when we talk about greatest players of all times. You know, obviously, I'm a big Jordan fan, but I'm a big Wilt fan, too. He was, do you have any idea, just within 10, how many times did he do it? 
We'll go with like 50. 118. Oh my God. Dude. Wow. <laughs> the look at Larry's face is great. <laughs> 118 times, 50 points and 10 rebounds. And you know, look at, he had one season, I think, where he averaged 50 points and over 20 rebounds. So, you know, but yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. We overlook Wilt a lot and he's got a lot of records that I don't know if and when they'll be broken. This being one of them. All right, Scott, I'm gonna see you in. Here was Zeke's question. How many moon missions that landed men on the moon have we had? See, these guys who just graduated college, you know, can think of these answers better than me and Larry. They never heard of any yeah. of it, but, they, but they've seen the stats. I'm just taking a guess, though. I'm going to guess, like, five. This guy is good. No, the uh, the actual answer is six. Oh. And we would have had seven, but you all saw the movie Apollo 13. They couldn't land. They had to just redirect and fly around the moon. All right, man, you did really good today. You got yours right. Uh, but I think the uh, the full answer of 118 times was a shocker. The look on Larry's face was priceless. You need to kind of flash that on the screen a little bit. <laughs> All right, Scott, we'll see you soon, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, Larry, let, let's move on. Let's let's talk real quickly here in our remaining time. Do teams or should teams tank at the end of the year now to get a better draft pick? <laughs> oh, excuse me. So the first, God bless you. So the, bless you. So the first question is, do teams tank? I don't think so. Honestly, I don't. I mean, as a player, you don't go out there and try to lose. Well, you know, exactly. I don't think teams take take too because you're getting everything is failed. Right. And so if you've operated one way in the beginning of the season and they failed you not operating the same way at the end, you right. won't get anything at the You know, you'll be cut the next year. Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree with you. I do not think players ever tank because, look at if if you and I went out in the street and we're tossing a football and we started making it some kind of contest, you would try everything in your power to beat me, and I would try everything in my power to beat you. That's right. And the first one to the oxygen tank would be the winner. <laughs> That's right. But, but you know what I mean. You you know, sports is extremely competitive. No matter what you do, though, we're going to be competitive. You, yeah. you know, so I agree with you. They don't tank. So now the second part of that question is, should they tank? Well, no. Draft picks are important. Well, no, I don't think they should tank. In fact, I, it, I was about to say that, you know, if you go back to elementary school, high school, junior, well, junior high school, high school and college, the coaching system is consistent throughout that, that entire area. So guys don't know how to, how to do that. That, that's not something, and, and especially if you make it to the pros, <laughs> you, you have to you have to be at your top level as as consistent as possible. Well, also the coaches don't the coaches don't want to say my record this year, you know, was uh, three and fourteen, but we tanked okay. the last four games on purpose. You know, if, <laughs> you know they don't want they don't want to say that. You know, type thing. Hey, and, right. and honestly, Scott, honestly, the the the. The customers might stop buying tickets. Well, that's right. That's right. If you're just going to tank, then 
then you're not being reflective of showing how this team can potentially be. Well, that's right. Mm -hmm. you, you know, and we always talk about fair weather fans. You know, teams have nobody in the stands, and all of a sudden they're winning and the place is full. We like mm -hmm. to get behind winners. Well, I say mm -hmm. we, most people. You know, I'm a Cubs fan, so I, I know what the <laughs> suffering is, and I would still go to games. All right, uh, Larry, um, pretending that there's no injuries that, you know, for this week, Couple of games. Just let's do our predictions. Dolphin and Bills. This is a big game. That's a that's a big game. I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills too. The Dolphins win. They'll be one game behind. They'll still be in it. All right. Um, this game, you really don't even you, you know everybody will laugh at that I put this one on here, but you just never know with Justin Fields. Eagles and Bears. Well, you go with the Bears, I'm going with the Eagles. <laughs> what is the matter with you? <laughs> the Lions and the Jets. This is going to be another good game. It's important to the Jets, this game. It is, it is. But I think the Lions are going to come through. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Dallas and the Jaguars. That's a tough one for me, you know. but Because I'm not sure about Dak's health. However, um, I think their defense is playing exceptional right now. And so, therefore, I'll, I'll have to go to Cowboys. You know, I tend to agree with you, but um, I picked against Trevor Lawrence last week and got slapped. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with that kid. You know, yeah. I'll go that way. All right, Titans and the uh, Chargers. Chargers. I agree. I'm from Tennessee. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, th I think they're kind of going in different directions right now. Titans could change that immediately, obviously. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Uh, here's one that's really important. Bengals and Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm going to probably go with, I'm going to go with the, the Bengals. Yeah, I, I am too. I just don't think Tampa Bay is going to have a chance against them. And last but not least, I, well, think look, I, I got a comment about that too, because uh, you know, Tom has been a great leader and a great quarterback. But Tom now, Tom Brady now, every defensive lineman knows where he's going to be. Well, he's right. not going to run. Right. He's not going to run. He's going to be in the pocket. And so now the defensive strategies, I think, are going to change things regarding. Yeah, but Tom Brady also knows when he gets to the line where every defensive player is going to be, too. You know, I, I you know, so that uh, uh, I think it kind of equals out. I just think overall Cincinnati is a better team right now. Yeah. You, you know, just a better team. All right, last game. This one still has playoff implications. Um, Giants and Washington, they played to a tie already this year. <laughs> they have, but I'm going with the Giants. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to pick Washington. I just think, uh, um, I just think that, I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, I just think Washington's playing really, really well. All right. Um, you, you know, uh, the, the, again, I just have to reinforce that, that, that it's hard to predict the NFC East right now because all, all four or five teams are, I think it's, yeah, all, all the teams in the NFC East are competitive and they're able to play. I, I think they're playing at a high level. Well, I think after this week, Either the Giants or Washington, and their chances of the playoffs are, is going will be gone, basically virtually. There's too many teams battling for those other playoff spots. The Cowboys, the Cowboys, 
you know, win one or two more games, and, and it's guaranteed, you know. Um, uh, but the Cowboys still have a chance because, you know, if the Eagles could slip up one game, the Cowboys then, play, you know, have a game with the Eagles left. So uh, the Cowboys still have that fighting chance. All right, on a, on a sad note, uh, college fans, football fans especially, were deeply saddened with the passing of the great coach Mike Leach. You know, his, his death was a surprise to all. He was a great football innovator, a great coach. He will be missed. It's a, it's just always sad, you know, when you have to make that, that type of announcement. And before we go, I want to remind everybody, the little clip we're going to show today from the archives of Generation Broadcasting, another one from our buddy John Nyland. He's just had so many great little clips. So we're going to show another uh, John, Nyland, uh, John Nyland one uh, right now. And Larry, uh, we'll check and see how you did next week. We'll check that injury report before I make you update where we think the AFC and NFC title game will be. And and just to say, two, uh, John Nyland and Ed Tutal Jones need to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's right, you know. And there's another movement that has to be done. Yeah, they both, both need. And you know, I want it to happen before while they're still here to celebrate it. You know, we've talked about that before. I, I don't want to hear uh, one of their, uh, you know, wives or partner or whatever, you know, significant other saying he would be so happy today. I want to hear him say, I'm so happy today. Very well said, Mark. Very well said. So let's uh, get our fingers crossed and let's get the NFL Players Association working on that. And uh, let's get uh, your Facebook friends working on that I'm right and Larry's wrong. And I said, All right, Scott, thank you, my friend. And Larry, take care. We'll see you next time. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Tell me you want to come back and talk about a couple of Well, I got a great mafia story. Well, so, <laughs> I got a great mafia story for him. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> well, I grew up in New York, and the mafia was something you heard about, but you didn't really want to know about. And you knew who was in the mafia, who was. Anyway, it's just a story. But turns out, just a few years ago, I was up in New York, and I was making some business calls. I called on a company, and the guy who, uh, that owned the company had his name on the building, came out. We chatted and we made a good rapport and he ended up signing a contract with us. He said, would you like to meet the owner? Well, I said, you're the owner, your name's on the building. No, no, no. Brings me around, walk in the side of the building, we walk into a room and there's a great big mural in an office of Paul Castellano. Now, if you're not a mafia buff, you don't know who Paul Castellano, but he was head of the mafia back in the 60s or whatever. And sitting in front of this mural is a gentleman by the name, well, I won't tell you his name, but it was his son sitting at the desk in front of this mural. And I'm getting nervous because I'm going, Paul Kassan, who's this guy? Well, he was connected. You guess who it is. I won't tell you who it is. Anyway, so uh, end of story there. And I was nervous. I was, you know, it's kind of like meeting a celebrity to some degree. I walked out. Now, fast forward one year, I was back in New York on business and I was taking another customer. Uh, well, they were taking me out on their boat. They had a nice boat. So we went out on the Great South Bay there. And all of a sudden he was crying. I said, what happened? He said, well, I just got the word that the concrete industry is going to shut me down. They're not going to give me any more cement. And cement's the glue that holds all this concrete together. And I went, really? Why? What happened? He goes, well, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, they were going to shut him down. And he was out of business. He'd been in business for 40, 50 years. And they're going to shut him down and give him no more cement. I said, I got a guy that I know. Let me make a call. Sure enough, I call over and I asked for this person that we're referring to. 
I said, listen, you, you remember me? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're the football player. Okay. Well, listen, I got a customer. He's in the concrete business, blah, blah, blah. They're shutting him down. But what do you want me to do? I said, well, can you help me in some way? You know, what do you suggest? Thinking that they were really wired into the construction industry already. He said, okay, stay right there. He called me back 15 minutes later, and he goes, you got two loads a day. Deal with it. And by the way, don't call me. Every time you call me, you want something. I would call him once in my life. And he did. He stayed in business, kept his family in business. I they had a real good heart. Kept his family in business. And, and the bottom line is his business is still there today. But they were going to shut him down. And this guy with the phone call, and he was connected, Bopia connected. He made the phone call, gave us concrete that he, or cement that he needed, and he's in business today. It's just because I knew this guy from a crazy conversation and meeting a year before. Didn't you ever call him again? No, I wouldn't dare call him again unless I really knew him. No, I didn't. I was just very grateful that, uh, you know, you take it a chance just calling these people. Like, you know, I, I, by the way, so-and-so there? Yeah, okay, well, what do you want? Yeah, that's a, they're very cold, very calculated. Now, what's fun about these people, is, I hope I'm not telling anything too bad. They invited me to their Christmas party. They meeting the, the mafia-connected construction workers. So I go to their Christmas party, but like a two Christmas parties, one on Friday, one on Saturday. The Friday Christmas party is for them and their girlfriends. The Saturday Christmas party is for them and their wives. You talk about nervous. I walked in there and I couldn't believe all the gorgeous women on a Friday. And I thought they were their wives or at least friends, you know, and I stupid mate. And sure enough, they said, well, come on back tomorrow. You'll be my wife. I did, these guys were just open about it. And I was just, it was amazing to me because you read these stories, you read these, you see these movies about how they socialize and what they don't do. They're very protective. They give their wives all the credit. They give their wives all their respect. But Saturday's theirs. Friday night, different story. What year was it? Oh, gosh, I'm going to say five years ago. So we're talking 2008, 2008.